Every green light brings me closer to you. I'm coming home, my baby. Home for good. Hello, and welcome to Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast. The Lovewell Institute for the Creative Arts is an arts education not-for-profit where students from around the world have been conceiving, writing, and performing original full-length musicals since 1989. Tonight, we have the first episode in a new series we're calling Lovewell Spotlight. In this series, we'll be giving you long-form interviews with legends in the Lovewell community. The interviews will focus on the artist's past, present, and future, exploring the role the Lovewell method has played in their development as an artist, but also how their own artistry has helped develop the Lovewell method over the years. Our first artist is none other than the multi-talented musician, composer, comedian, and friend, Jacob Jeffries. We sat down in his sister, Lovewell alumni Gabby Shrimpton's backyard on February 27th in Plantation, Florida, to have the conversation that you're about to hear. Throughout the interview, we'll play songs from his catalog as he walks us through his personal history to the upcoming release of his first new album in five years. We will mention this in the interview and again at the end of the episode, but if you'd like to learn more about Jacob's upcoming album and how you can support the project, please follow the link in this episode's online description or head to www.pledgemusic.com projects slash Jacob hyphen Jeffries, J-E-F-F-R-I-E-S. Well, there's no curtain to peel back tonight, just doors to open as we head to the Shrimpton backyard for our conversation with Jacob. Enjoy. There's a quality over at Fairfax that makes the world seem finer. Yeah, it's the quality of the company with the friends at Fairfax Diner. I took the long road there with a vacant stare beaming from my eyes. But when I finally got to the parking lot, everything was alright. Hey, we're back! ESPN. To questions with ESPN. Sal Palantonio, ESPN. How's it going, Jake? Ty Guy. Thanks for being on Listen Well here. I'm so excited. Bogey's? What is that? Um, so this is Bogey's toy. Um, it's. I'll have you rephrase your question to what was that? What, <laughs> what was that? Um, like roadkill. It looks like roadkill, but it was a. Um, it was probably a squeaky toy that is mm. now just the uh, skin of a squeaky toy. What are you doing in South Florida right now? I'm working with you. Uh huh. What are you working on? What are we working on? Sorry about the plane going on overhead. We're in my sister's backyard right now, and we are currently working on a musical with the students of Terravella High School in Coral Springs. And the $5,000 question, what is the show called? That's a great question. We named it today, in fact. And the fact that the name is escaping me right now is probably <laughs> hilarious to you. Voices of, of tomorrow. tomorrow. We've been having a good time doing that. <laughs> so you live in L.A. I live in Los Angeles. How long have you been living in L.A.? Um, I feel like it's been almost three years. Yeah. I've lost track of time a little bit because I am back here a lot in Florida and I traveled quite a bit this last summer, which was fun. Bogey, can you stop? How is LA different than New York or different than South Florida? You kind of, they're three, like three very different places. Well, the funny thing is I've all, I, I kind of believe that it's 
the best of both of those okay. worlds. How come? It's the f- it's similar enough to the Florida climate and like the spatial familiarity that I grew up appreciating about Florida. Like things were, you know, fifteen to thirty minutes apart. Yeah, that's technically. Of course, barring the traffic. Yeah, well, I hear there's a lot of traffic in LA. Yeah, but true? you know, it's technically it's technically like pretty similar. Um, but it has like the opportunity that New York provided uh, me with, and obviously thousands of other people in the entertainment industry. There's so many creative people that I found in LA. I think what I really like most about LA is mm-hmm. I I found the heart that I really appreciated mm. about Miami. Okay. In LA, like I yeah. found the with all the function of New York City, yeah, with all the heart of South Florida. Yes, yeah. I mean, of course, everybody's there are the same kinds of people and different kinds of people all over the world. But what Los Angeles offers is more integrity than I expected, I guess. So, is it the the people that make the city, or is it is it just the geographical location, or just you just found the right people in LA? I think all of that. Yeah, I really think it's um. It's a recipe up for interpretation, but either way, you're going to get a, a hearty meal out of, out of the whole thing. Lifeless flag in a gust of wind No one knows the shape I'm in From anything at all, at all. And I wake up in the morning with my head held down, trying to remember what I came here for. Piece it all together like a bad dream. What is your sort of average working day like in LA? It's it's so different every day. Yeah. I am like many other people ultimately a freelance artist. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying artist recently with even more um, emphasis on the spectrum of art. Mm-hmm. I'm not a painter now, but I am working a lot more than I expected in film and television. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's producing or co-writing or acting in some online content. Do you like that? I love it. Yeah. I grew up making, with my sister, we made stupid videos. I feel like, and you know, maybe this is just my perception of the move to LA, but I feel like a huge part of it has been the comedy that you've been doing as opposed to just music. And maybe you talked about this a little bit with the film and television, but what was, what's this comedy situation been like for you? I never liked stand-up comedy growing up. Mm-hmm. I still don't know if I fully love it. I respect it. Yeah. I think it's one of the most courageous endeavors yeah. a creative can embark on. Alone on stage in a room full of people. Make me laugh. Yeah. Go ahead, it's I dare terrifying. you. It's really hard. 
I still don't know if I fully dig it, but I'm in this stand-up comedy world now. I've got one foot in. It's going really fast in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started this group called The Cooties with my two very good friends who are both Florida-born. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's going well. We've gotten, as you, as you probably know, we've done incredible things with Reggie Watts. And our management now is uh, Sarah Silverman's best friend and publicist and... You know, the connections, the Hollywood connections mm-hmm. are being made. And I think it's just about keeping true to, to the to the product and content, really. What is that content then? Like, what's the style of the Cooties, for those who don't know? I mean, okay, so the Cooties, it's a musical comedy group, a lot like Flight of the Concords, we say. But there is a very musical theater mm-hmm. backbone to the songs. Okay. There's story, I mean... Story-driven songs. Yeah, they're story-driven, they're character-driven they have the right amount of like contemporary musical theater likability mm-hmm. mainstream radio-esque melodies with you know quirky oompa loompa you know music stuff yeah. you know what i mean are there like comedy heroes that you guys are modeling yourselves after or i mean the other two dudes in the in the group are way more into comedy i mean eric mm-hmm. eric jackowitz was former a former lovewell drummer for, eric jackowitz yeah former lovewell pit uh, pit pitman 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 yeah he, Scotty Pittman. Scotty Pittman, the wingman. <laughs> Eric is like, I mean, obsessed with comedy. Mm-hmm. The way we can reference Scotty Pittman right now, yeah. and we could probably reference four other bulls on the 95-96 roster, mm-hmm. uh, he can tell you who was who directed every Steve Martin movie mm-hmm. and who directed or who was in every... It was probably Steve Martin, right? Yeah, he directed he, all of his own some stuff. Of them, I think, yeah. <laughs> He's only directed himself. Yeah. Well, you know, like, he, he was very into comedy his whole yeah. life, so this was this is more of a dream-come-true scenario, mm-hmm. where for me, it feels more like just, like, a route to get mm. to the end. It's just, like, a different way you can go, like... Yeah. Staying busy, staying multidisciplinary. Yeah. It's, like... It's making the songwriting better, I'm sure, just because you're working with more people all the time. It definitely helps my personal growth as a songwriter, and it's kind of boundaryless. Mm. Uh, whereas in most, if not all, circumstances of writing, mm-hmm. you're writing for the purpose of to fit a certain a certain mold. Mm-hmm. This feels way more amorphic and mm-hmm. like, hey, do you guys just want to like spend all Sunday writing and making each other laugh yeah. and like see what happens? And that could be like simultaneously more liberating, but also like more frustrating to not have rules or parameters or a box to fit in. Yeah, I do think it's like, it, it can get confusing because mm. you're like, where are we going? Yeah. Are we, are, am I wasting my time? I'm almost 30. Yeah. Am I wasting my time writing a song with two friends in a living room just laughing? And then, you know, you play a sold out show or you get a call from a, a television network and they're like, hey, we really like what you guys are doing. And you're like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You like this? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's easy to make yourself laugh, but hard to make other people laugh. Dude, yeah. Every And that's the funny thing is, I'm not understanding the cooties mm-hmm. on many levels, but I'm <laughs> also not understanding the audience mm. because, like, I'm, a, I'm an arms crossed, back against the wall, make me laugh kind of guy, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be sometimes, but I am. Mm-hmm. And the cooties have been playing for, like, over a year now, and I've I've... And I'm not trying to brag here, but I haven't met many of those people. Those types of people, yeah. And those people are all over L.A. It's The city is riddled with critics. And that's probably, that's got to be the culture, too, though. I mean, I imagine you got to think that people are not going to not enjoy something. Theoretically, they're going to enjoy it. Right. Like, why? But, but uh, you're right. Mm-hmm. 
but the motive is is lost on people that just show up and they start to judge themselves and yeah. judge the people and then it becomes this uh, this fight within and then you're just stoic in the corner and you're not laughing at anything. I think that like arts types get caught up in that more than your average goer or average entertainment consumer of like I go some I go somewhere to see something and I do a lot of work trying to get past myself yeah to get to the piece whereas like someone who worked a desk job nine to five is just going for that release and i'm not going for that totally release alone and this might be a pacifier mm -hmm. but i feel like every time you start to fight yourself you just have to say it's different yeah that's it you yeah. just have to say oh okay they're doing it a different way mm -hmm. and that's i i I don't deserve to compare myself to this because um, I'd be doing myself a disservice to compare myself to this. I like that. Yeah. I think that's really, really nice. Oh no, take a look at me now. There's too many roads I've seen and traveled down. Only to be a hungry heart waiting to be spoon fed. Love collecting dust underneath the bed. Get up and join the parade. Marching in my head, I'm not quick to celebrate anything but a lonely heart waiting for a jump start. Is that you waiting on a cue? Could it be? Pull me in and spit me out. The taste will never leave your mouth. There must be something that you offer everybody. Singing all. What's this big project you're working on right now? This uh, album you're putting together. Did you write down questions? I did. I have some you're questions, such a good but boy. The, the screen keeps going away. You're a good boy. <laughs> my new project is my first full-length record in a in a in a while, wow, like yeah. four or five, four five years. years. Yeah. What was the last one? Tell Me Secrets was the first. Was the last full-length record. Mm -hmm. um, this done one. I'm two EPs since then. Yeah. Okay. Neighborhood Nights and um, Hometowns. Yep. Hometowns. Is, I, I want to talk about it now because it was a, a... It's a departure from your sound. It's an evolution of the previous sounds that you've been establishing. Totally. Yeah. And it was the result of a pure 50-50 collaboration with an incredibly talented producer named Jared Faber. Mm -hmm. And Jared and I embarked on this journey with the intention to create a side project mm -hmm. for both of us. And like the cooties, just a release of creativity down another avenue. Mm -hmm. But I started <laughs> falling in love with some of the songs, and I was like, I can't release this under any other name but Jacob Jeffries. Mm -hmm. Call me egomaniacal and call me, you know, a little self-centered, but that's what I want to do. Yeah. I can't let these songs go without putting my name attached to it because I really love them. Yeah. That being said, there were some other songs on the record that deserved to be called, you know, that deserved to be released by another name entirely because mm -hmm. it wasn't like me. Yeah. All of that happened. It was great. We put out a record called uh, EP called Hometowns, and then I felt more driven than ever, mm -hmm. and more inspired than ever to just dig as deep as I can into myself and be mm -hmm. like, "Yo, where are your roots, bro?" Yeah, like yeah, Hometowns is interesting for for me as a listener and a fan of the music. Of that's the first collection of songs in years that I wasn't hanging out with you often while you were writing them, you know? Yeah. Because you were in L.A. when you wrote all of those songs, yep. or at least you started writing that out, that EP while you're in California. So it's interesting just how different feeling it is, but how it still feels like you at the same time. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it was a de it's a departure, mm -hmm. and the goal shifted a few times. Jared and I, you know, 
rerouted, just re-navigated the whole thing. And at the end of the day, we released it, and I felt, you know, more want than ever mm-hmm. to just... I was yearning afterward to find myself again. Go back into it, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, now this is a rather quick follow-up, but it's been taking... You know, I've been producing this on my own um, with an uh, incredibly talented friend of mine named Fernando Perdomo. Okay. It's just, it's basically just been us two, all, all my songs. It's great. A couple co-writes. Uh, yeah, the, the album, the new album, it'll be out in April. It doesn't really have a title yet. I've narrowed it down to a few okay. in my mind, but I don't really know exactly what it's going to be called yet. Voices of Tomorrow. It's, it's either going to be called Voices of Tomorrow or... Something Bigger. Something Bigger was a cool was title. A cool title, yeah. That got wiped off the board real fast. Yeah, it was good though. It's also one of the only ones you suggested. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. No wonder. We grow attached. I, I, you know what I didn't like? Yeah. And I know some students are going to be listening to this. Okay. Centennial. Centennial. Punny. Punny as heck. Punny as and heck. And would funny. W- funny and punny would mm. totally work in like a cootie sketch. Mm. It's not going to be the name of the Love One musical. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. I really, really would love for everybody to check out pledgemusic.com backslash Jacob Jeffries. It is how I plan on releasing my next record in April. You can pre-order the album and pre-order a bunch of different goodies on that web store. And it's technically the only way you can get the record. So please check out pledgemusic.com backslash Jacob Jeffries and help me fund the record. It's kind of like a crowd Yeah, there's funding. different there's different like goodies you can get for donating. So not only do you guarantee yourself a copy of the music, you can get cool t-shirts or other Jacob Jeffries gear. Yeah, it's, you know, and it's, it is technically a donation because there's a reason I need this, I need your money to help pay for mixers and to help pay for the production of the record, really, in general. But, um, chill out, bogey. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you're buying things. It's a store. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, check out pledgemusic.com backslash Jacob Jeffries. Cool. with the new people that you're surrounding yourself with in LA, uh, how do you feel more motivated or how has your motivation changed to write these new songs? Uh, I know we talked a little bit about how you feel more motivated than ever, but what are some of those things that are motivating you and inspiring you on this new record? That's awesome. So I think two things. Mm -hmm. Gratitude, Mm. to be grateful for where you are, is to is to be at your most productive point okay. so i feel i finally found a friendship home mm. in la with a with a solid solid group of caring compassionate mega talented musicians mm-hmm. that every day i feel extremely lucky to be a member of this friendship circle mm-hmm. and because of that it pushes you to be productive mm. and offer to the circle. Hey, this is what I'm doing. Like, yeah. here's my contribution, and hopefully I'm still a member yeah, by tomorrow. and I'm still trying to impress you. That's the thing, too. Yeah. That's what, That was my second thing is, like, yeah. don't you ever sit in a Lovewell uh, 
brainstorming circle with the students and you get the sense that like the students are offering something that they hope the other students like because mm -hmm. generally we want to impress our peers. Yeah. And that's not to say like we want to impress our peers for the accolade. No. We want to impress our peers so that or for the credit. Mm -hmm. We want to be just as much of a part of it as they are. Exactly. And as as we deserve and think we deserve to be. Yeah, I want to I want to push people to do better cuz that's what I want. I want to be pushed to be better. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like that's the thing is it's it's like the gratitude and the like you know the sensibility to feel like you're impressing more talented people than you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's where that's the that's the home I found within uh, like the family in LA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how has so you talked about there's a couple of co-writes you've been working with the producer on this record. How is the collaborative environment working on a record? How has that changed for you over these years? Because you've been releasing music for a decade now or more, and which is wild to think. <laughs> How has that collaborative process like changed to become more fine-tuned? Do you find yourself more and more, do you find yourself being closer to holding on to your ideas? Or are you more open to sharing them with others? Maybe just walk me through that, that experience for you, maybe how that's evolved over the years. Yeah, I think so. so some people have the ability to know what they want mm -hmm. and directly address that yep. within themselves and then externally. Mm -hmm. They'll walk into a, a store and they'll make the decision and they'll leave with exactly what they wanted. Yep. That was never me in the studio growing up because mm -hmm. I was so enamored by the Grammy award-winning talent I was mm -hmm. working with. I felt, you know, they were my friends, but ultimately I was subordinate. I was mm -hmm. like, you know, the opinions they had transcended the opinions I had, even though it was my songs. And that's yep. not to say that I was taken advantage of. No. I was never treated, you know, like a subordinate, like a subservient you yep. know, person. I was respected at You're all the times. the kid with the voice too, though, and they want to do what they think is best for you. Yes. Yep. And, and ultimately every decision they made, I respected and, and you know, I'm, I have zero regrets. Mm -hmm. But over time, I've become the guy that knows what he wants on the menu, yeah. and I've been able to do what I should have done all the while. And I respect, you know, people with the vision and the follow through that have been able to do that since day one. I think I've matured to understand, you know, what I'm looking for, and not, you know, not shy away from requesting that of people that want to help me out. Mm -hmm. You know, they're here to help too. And so when you're in the studio and you're working with a producer or a co-write and you feel adamantly about something in the creative process or the technical process, you know, it's like, hey, how can you help me make what I'm hearing in my head happen? Yep. And before I, I, I've, you know, 17, 18 year old Jacob would have been like, whatever you say, man, like yeah. I, I trust you, Yeah. go for it. Yeah, I find that uh, the older I get, the more I'm willing to give up my idea for the greater idea, but also the harder I'll fight when I think that my idea is correct. Totally. Yeah. I, I mean, know. we we kind of like, there's like a quick proposal, wedding, and honeymoon for every idea you have mm. in your brain uh, simultaneously in one second. And then you got to get it out there. And then as soon as you believe in it, you can't like divorce yourself from that whole thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, that is the, the marriage analogy that you all have to live with now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Just destroyed the table out here. Ah! Jacob just stood up and he's throwing chairs. Ah! No, the, you know we all part of collaboration and Lovewell has taught me this mm -hmm. better than any teacher or or you know individual mentor could have. The Lovewell process has taught me just how labor intensive 
forming an idea can be in your mm-hmm. own brain, yep. but then how much more there is to go in letting go of that idea mm. and understanding that you can be prideful, but you have to have to zoom out. Yeah, you you can't you can't stay focused on your own. Oh, or you know, you can, <laughs> we'll you, edit it out. You should beep it. Bleep yeah, we'll, it we'll put a beep. Yeah, it's it's so easy to get caught up in tunnel vision in a creative process, oh. but to have to learn to have that foresight to take those steps back, it's really important. Because you're you're monitoring two screens at once. Yeah, you're looking at the idea you just had and mm-hmm. how it fits, and you're looking around the room. Does everybody like this? Yeah. Oh no, my ego, my every. Oh, I hope they dig it. Oh, did I say something stupid? But then you're also monitoring the like. Wait, does that really make sense? Like yeah. big picture, dude. Yeah, I mean, a, a scientist in a lab looks at the microscope, but doesn't spend their entire life looking at the microscope. They have to sit back, take their notes, read other people's notes, then go back to the microscope. Totally. Yeah, yeah. You have to be able to do that. Soak it up. say that growing up means letting go of everything Well, I tried that before And I'll try it again Shoot the etchy sketch And oftentimes I do forget Where I came from In the beginning But the further I follow The road gets narrow Can't turn back just yet Please Just let me in If I'm correct, your first songwriting experience ever was at Lovewell. Is that true? Is that, am I, maybe the first time you wrote by yourself was at Lovewell? What's, I feel like so my, I guess here's the question. Yeah. Um, think back to your Lovewell experience mm-hmm. as a student now, which was a very long time ago mm-hmm. and what were those early songwriting experiences like for you so I knew I wanted to write songs I, I believe when I was about 10 or 11 before a couple years before I, I started Love Well mm-hmm. I believe I wrote a song called The, the Story okay um, I believe it was in D minor actually mm-hmm. I know it was in D minor I wrote it um, <laughs> And it was basically just a you know a story of an old man looking back on his life and he's like I hope you tell my grandchildren the story and people and, and my and who knows the story of of yeah. old men quite like an eleven year old yeah. yeah and I remember my grandpa being like you know par- partially deep down he probably thought it was about him yeah. but um he was like oh wow you know I can't you know everybody everybody was really proud of a ten year old kid who could write a you know a a, a story like that yeah. a song like that I mean to to just any ten year old who can start and finish anything at that point is impressive. Yeah, I yeah. think... Like, Especially musically. And nowadays, you know, there's there's so... Nowadays, that kind of talent, mm-hmm. I think, is more on display with, with, with YouTube and mm-hmm. with, you know... Easier to share sh- that Sharing talent. that talent, yeah. Um, but I think my first Lovewell experience um, just helped guide that in the right direction. Like, oh, you know, I remember my... I think my uncle found an ad for Lovewell in the newspaper because mm-hmm. they, they were partnered with YMCA and my uncle was a chairman of the board or something like that. I don't really know exactly who my uncle... the chairman of the board. He was the chairman of the board of the YMCA. <laughs> uh, but uh, I ended up going to Lovewell and, yeah, I just remember the process being so freeing and it was like, oh, okay, so this is a place where I can live mm-hmm. every summer with my 
friends who are equally as creative, if mm -hmm. not more creative than I am. And I mean, it's just, it became more of like the bridge to Terabethia. <laughs> it became this gateway to like... Uh, with a happier ending, I hope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, to be honest with you, I don't really know what happens at the end of that book. It's, I it's, forget. It's very sad. Oh, shoot. Is it as sad as Where the Red Fern Grows? Uh, I'd see. I don't know where, where the Red Fern Grows. See, there were two books I read in elementary school, Tyler. It was Where the Red Fern Grows and Grows and Bridges to Terabethia. And Tuck's ever, Tuck's ever, Tuck Everlasting. Tuck's Everlasting. <laughs> um, I also... Yeah, never mind. Go ahead. So... Nowadays, as someone who um, is continuing to find success as an artist and as a songwriter and continuing to grow and evolve, when you come back to Lovewell as a staff member, what does Lovewell still have to offer you that keeps you coming back? What learning experiences are there still hidden in the process that you find that makes you want to keep coming back and work every summer? So I think the easy answer mm -hmm. would be, oh, I get to work with students and mm -hmm. they're really talented and I get to help them find their voice and yeah. share their ideas. In the which same way is, that people helped you find your which voice. Which is totally true. Yeah. But I'm going to get selfish for this answer and say that for me, mm -hmm. what I've been taking away the past few years, we've already touched on it, but is regaining, mm -hmm. kind of like re-upping my health yep. in the sector of writing that is letting go mm. and I think learning how to sit back and just be like all right whatever man yep. like that's cool you want to keep that idea keep it mm -hmm. and not not claiming is what I come back to love well every year mm. and re relearning and re-remembering that man it's cool like it's not the end of the world man it, you're losing an idea so what yep. yeah that, that that's why I personally have found my uh my return of, of late has been most beneficial you know yeah there has to be i guess there comes a point in any member of the level community whether it's student staff intern where you have to keep finding the ways that it's always going to be emotionally satisfying to work with your friends your loved ones to create something but at what point does it how do we continue to let it be something that's artistically fulfilling as well right where we can keep pushing ourselves and we can keep having these learning experiences it's the, the factories out for the day yeah. <laughs> um, and so that I think that's great that just to continue to learn how to how to let something go yeah and, you know not don't sink the ship because all, be, all out of the name of claim yeah like are, are you like w there's a fine line between credibility and righteousness and making sure that you're not just holding on to an idea because you made it mm. And I know we've already talked about this enough and probably, you know, probably ad nauseum, but I feel like it's so important. And the older you get, the more you recognize, man, your ideas are not the best, mm -hmm. dude. Like, look in the mirror and be like, yo, people have told you your whole life you're really good at what you do. Yeah. And you are, but like, you're not the best. Mm -hmm. And no one is. Yeah. Nobody. I, I'm always surprised, like, I find that very... <laughs> very infrequently are my ideas the best so i have to become better at facilitating other people's ideas and that there and that's a really cool thing dude and that is what being a lovewell staff member is all about <laughs> yeah is we are puzzle builders yep just like the students are yep but i think we have to do it one step faster and one step ahead in general we have to make sure that all ideas are heard yep 
and that our ideas are heard too. Yeah. And we're kind of just trying to, we're jigsawing constantly. And you know, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, people, parents, friends of mine in LA, I've told so many friends in Los Angeles about the Lovewell program, about the process. Wow. What? In three weeks? Yep. You guys write a musical in three weeks? You put it on too? Yep. Whoa. Dude, I got to see one of those. That sounds awesome. Yep. You're like, yeah, you have to be in the process to really it. understand it. Well, and then like, you're also dealing with the fact that theater is something that fewer and fewer people have experience with too. Right. So it's even more shocking and inaccessible and difficult to explain to them because they can't rationalize putting any piece of theater up on their feet, let alone one that young people Dude, are creating. Yeah. It's like, oh, Jacob, you're going away for the summer? Yeah, he's, he's doing that theater camp. Oh, what are you guys doing? Like, Andy, get your gun or something? Yeah. Uh, no, man, we're actually gonna we're actually gonna write a musical from scratch with uh, about thirty to forty students yep. and uh, six to six to ten staff members. You know, mm-hmm. it's gonna be so a yeah. Oh, okay, Jacob. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah. a moment where um, working while working with students there was some idea or some concept that like just really blew your mind because uh, we really have so many fantastic students right now uh, and I feel like I'm constantly surprised by these ideas can you think back to like a particular moment from recent summers where someone just had this idea that you would have never thought of and it just blew your mind I'm gonna give you a really terrible answer yeah it happens so often lately that I feel like I'm getting exponentially older. Like the years just keep compiling mm-hmm. and they're not going consecutively anymore. They're literally going exponentially and I'm just getting old fast. Uh-huh. It's not that I'm losing touch with what's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not that old yet, but I am becoming re-familiarized with a younger version of myself mm. with these cool ideas. And it's like, dude, you could not have thought of that when you were younger even. Yeah. And it's like, oh... You know, I, I I don't know, man. A, there's not one thing I can think of, honestly. Um, there's just too many. There's so... There's just... Students... I mean, it's very obvious in today's political climate and, and what's going on very recently with the, uh, the movement. We have this march coming up on the 24th in Washington, D.C. Yeah. The students' voices are, are being listened to and respected now more so than they have in a long, 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 long time, if not ever. And it's it's because they're everybody's brilliant. I mean, not everybody. We got some real duds out there in the world. <laughs> but in Lovewell, I'm admi- I, I admire it every day. I mean, they write the show. They have the ideas. Specifically in Lovewell, I can't give you one moment where it was like a eureka moment because, mm-hmm. I mean, there was one this morning in the songwriting process with yeah. the love song we wrote. I mean, they happen all the time. And 
all the more reason to continue to be facilitators of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try my best. I, I'm outsmarted every day, but I try my best. <laughs> so to hop back to the, the new record, what's one song that you are really excited for people to hear? That's going to be hard because you got, what, 13, 14 songs in this new record? Yeah, there's there's 13. Um, three of them are actually out in some capacity already, mm-hmm. but they're going to be remastered. I feel like every songwriter is excited about their most recent work. That's yep. just how it goes. Probably the same with every scriptwriter, yeah. every every painter everybody's just excited about what they did last i wrote a a song very very recently with a buddy of mine named jake pinto out in los angeles called uh whatever it takes that i'm really excited for people to hear but there are a few there's a really really you know slower ballady song called settle down that i'm excited for people to hear on the new record i'm just excited period yeah for people to hear this thing And I say, please, let me get a word in. The yelling is absurd, and I think you should calm down. Put yourself in my shoes. I'm tired of your abuse, and I think you should go now. And you say, I should calm down. Your head is so high off the ground. Egos make me sick. How do you think it feels to have someone else steal your attention so quickly? It feels like you're settling for me. So, back in January, you had your uh, evening with Jacob Jeffries and Friends concert uh, as a little fundraiser for Lovewell, and you got to play And I Say, which is a deep cut oh, yeah. in the Jacob Jeffries catalog. The Vault. And not a song that I've heard live in a while. Is there sort of one of those older songs that still you wish you could be playing live more often? Um, is there one of those songs that every time you sit down to make those set lists, you keep thinking, do I put this one on or, or no? That's, yeah, that's Are there any of the songs that are like on the cusp for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that's one of them for sure. Mm-hmm. And I Say was technically the song that actually sealed the deal for me when I got my first... Uh, when I got my publishing contract with Warner mm-hmm. Chapel when I was 18. And two very different recordings of that song exist. Yes. Please let's settle this peacefully. Agree that we disagree to move on together. And you say disagree That's an understatement. I'll take you for what you We put on two separate records and we did two, two ideas, two approaches to it sonically. Mm-hmm. There's another song off of Tell Me Secrets that I really like that I'm... I'm always feeling hesitant to put on a set list or something called Coming Home. Mm-hmm. I, I really like Coming Home a lot. And it, yeah, it's got, it, not only is the song kind of about getting off tour and coming back home to South Florida, mm-hmm. it has like a South Florida sound to it. Mm-hmm. Like it feels, it feels borderline country and mm-hmm. swampy. And so I'm always, I'm always not sure where that sits on set lists in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense. But yeah, I like that one a lot. I guess before we wrap this up, is there anything that you want our listeners to be checking out? Movies, TV shows, anything that you've been well really into lately that you're dying oh, to yeah, talk I, about? I can definitely talk to you guys about new TV shows and movies I love. But Jacob, you're breathing like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> what do I think people should... Yeah, what should you be listening to? I think my favorite record of last year I'll go with mm-hmm. was a record by this man named Andy Schauf called okay. The Magician. The okay. Party. I think the party. record... Sorry, the record's called The Party. Cool. By Andy Schauf. 
S-H-A-U-F. My friend in Michigan, Christine, she just put out a record, uh, an EP under the pseudonym, or the, the band name, I should say, Woman Believer. She has an incredible EP out right now. It's really cool when your friends are making your favorite music. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be a really good feeling. It's so good. Movie-wise, you introduced me to a great horror movie last year that I still oh, think yes. about, dude. That, that I thought of when I was in your home in L.A., looking you, out your kitchen window to the mountains of I want, Los Angeles. I mean, if you're into scary movies, listeners, mm-hmm. I would really love for you to check out The Invitation. That movie... And you know what? It, it It's a situational thing. I mean, you have to devote yourself to the script of yep. the movie. You have to listen yeah, to every word. It's not something you can like, do your laundry while watching, no. text while watch. You have to give yourself up to it. It plays, the whole movie is a Neil Simon play-esque thing. It's just, it goes from beginning to end in like one location. You yep. don't move, you don't, and it's all... It's just all story. It's so good. And it's slow burn, too. I mean, you don't quite realize you're in a horrific situation until it's too late. Yes. Um, and it's not... I don't want to give any more away. But it's, it's so it's good. It's worth the watch. It's on Netflix. This episode brought to you by Netflix. <laughs> and it's definitely worth a watch. Not for the faint of heart. Would you agree? Yeah, not for the faint of heart. But what horror movie... What good horror movie is? Yeah. I also think you should check out, along with this podcast, I got some friends that have a really great podcast called The Great Debates. Okay. I think you all should listen to that. And also, yeah, just keep abreast with what the cooties are doing. We got some really cool stuff. And, uh, you got a website? Thecooties.sex. <laughs> www.thecooties.sex. Check it out. Oh, that is the website. Please be sure to type that very correctly yeah. if you're going to explore that website. Thanks, Jacob, for sitting down with me and for coming back to Lovewell all the time. I love it. I love working with you, and I know the students love working with you, too. And thanks, ma'am. Love you. Love you, too. There it is. show tonight. We want to thank Jacob again for sitting down with us for this wonderful interview. If you'd like to learn more about Jacob's upcoming album and how you can support the project, don't forget you can click the link in the episode description or head to www.pledgemusic.com projects slash Jacob hyphen Jeffries. And thank you all for joining us for tonight's episode of Listen Well, a Love Well podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we will see you later this month for our third episode of the month a mini-episode where we'll be sharing the recent musical radio plays we wrote in Fort Lauderdale, Florida as part of the 2018 FLL Intergenerational Workshop on the radio. Until then, this is Tyler Grimes reminding you to listen well, create well, love well. Good night. Baby, now. Yes, I'm a coming